Today we're going to talk about pets. Pets that will not crap on your floor. I'm Duff. I'm Amy. And this is Fadtabulous. Well, got herself a big brown beaver and she shows them off to all her friends. One day you know that beaver tried to live in search of Welcome to Fadtabulous, a show where we review trends, fads, and crazes and give our verdicts. My name is Patrick and I will be one of your hosts for this podcast. And I am Amy and I am the other host of this podcast. Hello, host number one. Uh, hello, host number two. <laughs> <laughs> so, Amy, tell me a little bit about Fadtabulous. Well, Fadtabulous is an idea that came to me about two years ago. I was uh, wanting to do a podcast for fun. I had done a lot of podcasting for educational purposes on podcasting. And I wanted to talk about fads and trends and how they can seem entirely amazing while they're going on. Yet entirely then, idiotic at the same exactly, time. Exactly, exactly. Well, five, ten years down the road, you look back and a fad or a trend can seem absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I, and, and we've got a lot of those in store for you. But today's episode is about pets. So, uh, Amy, what's the correlation? Today we're going to be talking about Chia Pets, which was incredibly popular back in the 80s. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, Digimons and Pokemons. We're also going to be talking about Tamagotchis. And we've also got some user-submitted stories from you guys out there. Uh, so, what do you say we start off at uh, the beginning? Pet rocks, which I think is an amazing trend. Uh, um, you're calling it a trend, are you? Okay. All right. uh, already, right off the get-go, I'm well, calling it a trend. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to a verdict after we talk about pet mm -hmm. rocks. Pet rocks were conceived in 1975, thereabouts, uh, by an advertising executive by the name of Gary Dahl. I wonder if he's any relation to Rald Dahl. Maybe. I love that guy. All right. Gary was in a bar listening to his friends complain about their pets, and that gave him the idea for a perfect pet. Uh, now, of course, this pet, as we know, is actually not a pet at all, just a rock with a painted face on it. But essentially, he wanted something that would not need to be fed, walked, bathed, or groomed. And of course, being a, a mineral um, or a rock, depending on the source, it would not die, become sick, or be disobedient. Unless, of course, you asked it to come here. <laughs> so gary said that these were to be the perfect pets and he took his idea really serious he drafted an instruction manual that was full of puns and gags that referred to the rock as an actual pet <laughs> i would have loved to have seen an actual manual i don't care about the pet i've seen those all over the place but seeing the manual that would be classic i'll bet you can buy one on ebay you know i'll have to look at that so have you ever had a pet rock that is the question i you know the answer for me is no I, I you see them all over i i am i am an adult i've seen them since i was little itty bitty but i've never had the 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 like the yearning for one so no i've never owned one i still have mine wait you still have you when did you get yours i couldn't even tell you were you a kid yep Okay. All right. So you've had it for quite a while. It's probably a collector's edition by now. I would imagine. It's, <laughs> it's, it's very old and it's on my dresser in my bedroom and it's been with us for, for a very long time. When I was a kid, my grandfather used to take me for a walk and I would pick up homeless 
pet rocks off the sidewalk and bring them home. <laughs> and my grandfather would take a piece of tape and he would put names on each of one of them with a little piece of paper and he'd scotch tape it to the rock. And he was an architect and he had this office that was full of windows and shelves. And lining all the shelves of his office were these pet rocks with the names taped on them. Wow, that must have been an uneventful childhood. Uh, this was back in the uh, 70s when all we had to play with was sticks and rocks. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, I I guess I'll give you a pass. The time period speaks for itself. Yeah, yeah, that it does. So uh, let's let's talk about the worthiness of this uh, this piece of pop culture history. Would you call it a trend, a fad, a craze? Like which 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 category would you put it in? It's a trend in my life. It's a trend. All right. Uh, see, because I was a little bit younger than you were, I, I just I never had one. It wasn't ever a big thing. But mm-hmm. I do remember seeing them throughout my childhood, and even now, like you go to craft fairs and festivals where they sell wares, you'll see them on tables for sale. And so, yeah, I I, I would agree that they are trends. I want to give a shout out to a girl I went to high school with. Her name is April Crook. She loves to paint rocks. I'm not sure if she keeps them as pets, but it's still like her thing. And we're now in the year 2017. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm more a fan of rock tumblers, but that's an item for another episode. So let's, let's, let's give it a verdict. Is it fadtabulous? Is it worthy of being as hype as it was it's ultra fabulous. well i will agree with that i'll give it a fabulous marking now let's talk about a slightly newer and hairier pet craze i think that you are going to be talking about the salad that doubles as a pet chia chia pet the pottery that grows <laughs> we are talking about the chia pet aren't we The Chia pet actually has a little bit of a more uh, deep-rooted history (laughs) than the pet rock does. Uh, Chia seeds were first written into the records of history in China, and they could be found as early as 1500 B.C. Um, And these Chia seeds, they're tiny little black seeds. Uh, It's related to the mint family. Which and they're not minty, are they? No, they are not. I've got. Uh, I, I they are a health food item nowadays. Uh, they're considered a superfood, I believe. But uh, I I do have them. I have eaten them. I have put them in smoothies and and baked with them. They are really really good. I highly recommend the chia pudding. It's to die for. It's like tapioca pudding, but even better. Oh, I'll have to check it out. Just the fact that you said you bake just blew me away. Yes, I am a little domestic. I lie, I lie. I don't bake anywhere as much as my wife does, but uh, I do enjoy it when uh, I, I, I am allowed into the kitchen. <laughs> so despite their ancient history as a dietary staple, only recently did the chia seed become recognized as a modern-day superfood. So while we were filling our kids with Twinkies and Ho-Hos in the 1980s, we actually turned our superfoods into pets because that's what we as Americans like to do. Merka. Actually, I, I got to say, I got to say, you had to bring up Twinkies and Ho-Hos. Now I want to mm-hmm. stop the show and go to the nearest grocery store. Like, I'm an 80s child, uh, so I grew up on Ho-Hos and Twinkies. So did you feel a sense of loss when Twinkie went bankrupt? 
what for all of like uh, four or five months where we couldn't get Twinkies. Quite honestly, I didn't even feel anything. I felt a sense of nostalgia uh, and loss because it's a childhood memory that we didn't know what was going to happen to it. Yeah, it was you know they were basically wiping it out and taking it off the shelves and stopping production. Yeah, I I really hadn't had like the last Twinkie I had was a deep fried Twinkie at a carnival Ugh. back in the mid two thousands, and I've only had it once, and it was <gasps> so good. But I'm I'm not I, I try not to eat processed crap like that. Yeah, me too. Um, we eat clean here for the most part. Every once in a while, you slip up, but we yeah. are clean eaters, which means our life is full of chia. <laughs> yeah. You know, getting back to Chia Pets, they never patented that invention. How odd is that? They trademarked it, though. Okay. Well, that's almost as good. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So what other fun facts do you know about the Chia Pet? Well, the first Chia Pet was the Ram. I always thought it would have been that giant head with the crazy hair. That was marketed and distributed in 1982 by Joseph Enterprises Incorporated. Ooh. They also hold the patent for the smart clapper. Clap on, clap off. <laughs> clapper. There's been a multitude of Chia's put out throughout the years. The latest uh, funny fact about Chia Pet is the Obama Chia Pet was pulled off of shelves after complaints that it was racist. But it's yeah, I know. But still sold on their website because why not? I would love to buy one of those. Yeah, I don't think it's racist. Well, I don't think it's racist either because hey, it's it's just seeds growing out of a head. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter whether it looks like a, a Obama or Nixon, doesn't matter. It's Gia. That's that's it. Exactly. So exactly. We both agree that it's not racist but what is it is it a trend a fad a craze what say you i think it's a bad trend <laughs> I, I i yeah I, I i kind of agree with you there again uh man we seem to be agreeing there i would love to call it a fad but it no. really was longer than a fad when you can go to a walmart and get a chia pet on shelf today but when you look at the fact that it was released in 1982. That's 35 years. God, that's almost as old as me. That's pretty old. Uh, hey, come on. <laughs> All right. Is it fantabulous? No. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll, as a superfood, yes. Please give this thing more clout. Give this thing more promotion. I love chia seeds for what they can do for your body what they can do for your windowsill not so much i just want to add in that i can still find these things sold in stores but i've never once walked into somebody's house and seen a chia pet anywhere yeah except for my parents house (laughs) my dad is a bit of a nerd and he would always bring these types of things home with him yo-yos slinkies you know the whole the whole gamut and he constantly would have a chia pet growing on top of his refrigerator. He might have one now. I've been there in a little while. Definitely sounds like a nerdy guy to me. So yep. this one is not getting our fad tabulous ranking, but I think the next one will. <laughs> what do we got, Amy? Tamagotchis and Digimons. Oh, I had one of them. Me too. I had the original. I had the Tamagotchi, not that crappy Digimon ripoff. Me too. <laughs> so what is a Tamagotchi for all those not in the know? 
Tamagotchis are the world's very first digital pets. They were released by a company called Bandai in 1996 and quickly became one of the biggest toy fads of the 90s and the early 2000s. You know, as of 2010, over 76 million Tamagotchis had been sold worldwide. That's a lot of Tamagotchis. Yeah. I, I only had like maybe two, most. Where do all those t- dead Tamagotchis go? Oh, definitely. 76 million Tamagotchis. Yeah, definitely landfill. Maybe there's two still alive. Well, do you still have yours? No. I don't have mine, but I'll tell you what. My wife does. No. She She's got hers somewhere. I, I remember when we first got together, she used to have it on our keychain, and it was just mm-hmm. a laugh. Uh, yeah, but I haven't seen it in years, but I'm sure she's got a box downstairs in our basement, and I, I could go right to it and probably fish it out. This conversation's making me want to go out and buy one, actually. Well, you know, they're still available. I didn't think they were. I thought they were a thing of the past, but apparently I am dead wrong. I uh, (laughs) loaded up Amazon, and sure as anything, you can get them from Bandai. Yep. So, Duff, do you want to hear something really weird? It's actually the weirdest part of the whole Tamagotchi craze. I do. Okay. They were actually given what they call the IG Nobel Prize, which are parodies of the Nobel Prizes. They're given out each year for 10 unusual or trivial achievements in scientific research. Wait, they're considering this scientific research? Well, the millions of hours that went into them, they have been awarded since 1991 with the stated aim to honor achievement that first make you laugh, and then they make you think. Ah. Yep. So this award is actually veiled as criticism or satire, but they're also used to point out that even absurd sounding avenues of research can yield useful knowledge. Like some things are found by accident. Oh, okay. Like, like electricity. Like silly putty. Uh, silly, you know, but that's another episode right there. Yes. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the, like the one thing that made me think about the Tamagotchi was, mm-hmm. Oh, God, I hope it doesn't die while I'm at school. (laughs) I didn't have that problem. My dad used to take care of my Tamagotchi when I was away. Wait, I know you said your dad was a geek, but Mm -hmm. really? Yep. He was that like, I I wish I had your dad. That would that that would be cool. Having a dad that played your games. No, stop right there, because we all know what your parents did. We're going to get to that later in the show. Your parents are cool. But yeah, my dad's a big geek, and he used to take care of our Tamagotchis and Digimons and whatever we had while we were away. (laughs) Wow. All right, so we know the backstory on the Tamagotchi, but what is it? It's a digital pet, literally. Uh, It introduces marriages, offspring, meaning they can have babies. Okay, so it's a game. Um, It is. It's a game. It's a game. You've got two players with a male and a female pet. They can link their toys, allow their pets to cohabitate and develop a friendship, fall in love, have babies, the whole nine yards. Wow. And you've got to feed them and make sure that they're happy. So it's essentially a really primitive version of The Sims. It is. It is. But here's a funny thing. The player can also choose to have their pet marry a random pet brought in by the matchmaker. Once married... (laughs) This is the funny part. The female will eventually produce two eggs, keeping one and leaving one with the male. (laughs) That egg is doomed. It's like mail order Tamagotchi. (laughs) Ah, very, very interesting. So let's categorize it. Um, 
Well, this is the pet that inspired all of us before the age of 10 to intentionally or unintentionally go and kill our pets. (laughs) So it's got to get a trend. It was relaunched in 2014. I think it's definitely a trend, and it, I give it a fantabulous. Yeah, I would give it a fantabulous, uh, not only because I owned one, and my wife does as well. I, I think th- just the idea that they're still around, whether or not it's for nostalgic purposes, they're still around. And yep. like you said, that that definitely makes it a trend because it did uh, start off in the 90s. So that's a, that's a long trend it's too long to be a fad so yeah i'm gonna give it a fad tabulous just because of the nostalgic purposes now you might notice a trend here we're discussing all of these from oldest to newest so when we get back from the break we are going to be doing the newest craze make sure you're listening to the end of the show because i am going to be stumping the duff with a trivia question you think you can stump me bring it (laughs) i know i can stump you After these messages, we'll be right back. Quentin Tarantino, thank you. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, uh, I mean, I consider novelists real writers. Now, I actually consider screenwriters real writers too. And then, and I was listening to a a podcast, Table Reads, with Sean McBee and Trevor Thompson when they were kind of going through a bunch of my screenplays, and I'd actually read the screenplay, so they were actually quoting things from the scripts that didn't make the movie. Experience the worst Hollywood has to offer with readings of the scripts you never wanted. Table Reads. Table Reads. Every Tuesday, right here on the Rogue Intel Podcast Network, or visit TableReadsPodcast.com. Quentin Tarantino does not endorse this message. Before we get to our most recent trend, or craze for some, we're going to talk about a user-submitted story. This one was submitted by Matthew Horstman from Gaithersburg, Maryland. So Matthew wrote in with a story that's pretty funny. The get-rich-quick scheme guy in my neighborhood bought a garage full of Foss oil. (laughs) This was a clear plastic oil drum-shaped container about the size of a beer mug, and sealed inside it was crude oil. Oil being the remnants of dinosaurs, this was a fossil for your desk. These did not sell at all. The attempted fad didn't launch. (laughs) Wow. Now, I did a little digging about this, and it looks like Foss Oil is an energy services company out of Texas. So... I don't know if this was promotional material or not. I, I did look it up. I tried to look it up on eBay and, and any it, like uh, history sites or anything. I couldn't find these anywhere. It could be something this guy came up with, not realizing there was actually a fossil oil company already. Yeah. The question then would be, where did he get the crude oil? <laughs> Well, thanks for writing in, Matthew. And uh, if you want to write in, uh, you can do so on Facebook and Twitter. We're at FabTabulousPod. You can also email us, FabTabulous at RogueIntel.com. What do you say we get on to our most recent craze, Amy? My favorite. Uh, My least favorite, and I have a good story on why. Uh, This Mm -hmm. one is Pokemon Go. Now, you wouldn't think of them as a pet, but let's face it. They're Pokemons. They're little creatures, dragons, animals, whatever. And you've got to take care of them. Uh, So, yes, I'm calling them a pet. This one is definitely where 
it was at. I mean, you if you weren't doing this, you just were not cool last summer. I did it. I did it. Um, my husband drove us around, and by us, I mean me and my son, who were avid players. I actually got up to level 30, and uh, we'd be like, stop the car! Uh, <laughs> we'd be at the town green, because there's always more, you know, at historic locations, and Connecticut is full of historic locations, so we'd be driving to every town green in the area to get our Pokemons. Wow. Mm -hmm. When it came out, I knew not to get into it because A, I've got an addictive personality. B, I didn't really think I would get into it because it's kind of like your turn-based strategy games and I don't dig on those. I've mm -hmm. never been a Pokemon fan, so I guess I had a, a little bit of a fighting chance than most people. I was a collector. Interesting. As my son liked to call me, I was a pleb. A pleb. Ugh. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, my mom and dad got into it hardcore. Mm -hmm. uh, they were always talking about it and it was a good thing for them. They, they were getting out and doing walks and, you know, going out for their lunch break and taking little journeys and, you know, it was fun. They got to spend time together and it got them active. And, and that's a good thing. And I'm not saying that the Pokemon Go or Pokemon Company as a whole did wrong by doing this, but I'm not going to say that it wasn't unlooked. There were a lot of people upset about this game. My story is that I went to my parents' vacation house uh, to just spend time with them, and I took a short vacation myself, and, well, they have a, an F-250 pickup. I have a minivan that's nice and comfortable. So with all of us, we decided, well, we'll just take one car, we'll take the mm -hmm. minivan, so I'll drive. And... Well, that was it. I thought until they asked me to stop at every church and every gym and every pokey stop twice, once on the way there, once on the way back. And we'd have to zigzag and zigzag. It doesn't matter if we were going to the movies or the restaurant or the grocery store. It does not matter. They were crazy about it. And it wasn't just my mom and dad. It was my mom having her phone and my dad having his two phones. <laughs> <laughs> and... Well, yeah, I, I got I, I got uh, to play chauffeur for them the entire time we were down in North Carolina and come to find out they have since had all six of their subsequent accounts banned because That's awesome. they were spoofing their GPS, which allowed them to show up one minute in San Francisco and then the next in Central Park. Well, the Pokemon <laughs> company didn't take kindly to that. Uh, uh, them or Niantic, the, the manufacturer of the game for iOS and Android, decided they would uh, say goodbye to their accounts. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I guess that's one way of putting it. <laughs> so I have my own story about Pokemon Go. I have a friend who was fired from his job for unplugging an ice cream cooler to plug <laughs> oh, in his no. phone. Yep. So he could charge his phone so he could play Pokemon Go. There was a, uh, it's a gas station that's on a corner across from our town green. There's a lot of historic sites there. There's a gym there and there's also a post office across the street. So there's a lot of pokey stops right there. We get it. You were a fan. <laughs> yep. He melted all the ice cream. He forgot to plug the cooler back in, and he got fired from his job. What a moron. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's yeah. stories all around the world. Uh, like, for example, uh, there was that one time at the Olympics where a gymnast generated a $5,000 phone bill by playing Pokemon Go. And you'd think they would have been practicing for the big event. <laughs> Darn roaming charges. Uh. <laughs> 
So Iranian authorities actually had to ban Pokemon Go over security concern. I, I guess there was people trying to get into places that they shouldn't be. Yeah, well, not to mention all the trespassing and, and whatnot. There's a lot of churches and gyms and all sorts of other Pokestops that just, they pretty much beg you not to play. We're trying to have service. Yep. that's I saw that on the news. You know, please don't come to our church for your Pokemons. So I think we really need to give a shout out to Andrew Goldfarb. He's one of IGN's own editors. Oh, yeah. He actually fell off of a pier while playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> I, I read about that. <laughs> I wonder if it was one of those really tall piers where you where you have to drop like 25 feet into the water because that, that's scary. That might hurt a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got to do it. Let's categorize it. I know what I want. Is it a trend, fad, or craze? I think it's a craze within a fad within a trend. So it's the turducken of it trends. It is the turducken of trends, <laughs> which, which, which in itself is, is another fad. Oh, um, man. I've never had one of those. Me neither. I've come real close to making one. I've thought about it. Uh, you got to make one. You know, maybe for our Thanksgiving show, we can make a turducken. I can't wait till the drinking show, but go on. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I will agree that it is a fad and it was a craze. There was, yep. I mean, when, when people that don't use computers and, and don't really get technology, when they were downloading, I mean, my grandma thought about downloading it. It's like, <laughs> really? You know, when it's hitting the five o'clock news, yeah, it's definitely a craze. It's a cra- it was a craze, but it was within a it was within a trend because the po- the whole Pokemon thing is a trend itself. No, I agree. It is definitely the turducken because it, Pokemon as a whole was a huge trend throughout the years. Pokemon's been a game and a trading card and everything else. And mm-hmm. then we've got the fad, uh, the current fad, which is, you know, understandable because it came out last summer. And of course it was a craze. So yes, you get all three of it. It's the tri of pop culture. That's an awesome way to end this segment. Well, I do try. So let's talk about what's trending on Rogue Intel. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff going on. Well, yeah, we've got a lot of great stuff coming on. We've got great shows, many different categories. Uh, Like, for example, we've got Clint Daly's Daily Dose Sports Podcast. It takes an ironic look at sports and the state of everything going on from soccer to softball it doesn't seem to matter this guy tackles it all in other sections of the network uh carrie and lint my co-hosts on prime continue to make fun of me and bash my every will doesn't everybody though well i'm glad you haven't (laughs) not yet (laughs) still early episode one Yeah, well, I want, you know, speaking of, I want to thank everyone for checking out our podcast. Uh, we, we, we've had this idea for quite a while, and it's great that we're actually getting to do it. And it's great that we've had so much great feedback already, and we haven't even launched until now. I'm excited. I'm so excited. Yep. So, Amy, what's coming up next week on the show? Next week? Oh, next week's going to be awesome. Next week, we are talking about the stuff that you put in your ears So be sure to pack a few extra D batteries. Ooh, I know where this is going. (laughs) Woohoo! All right, well, that's it for our first episode. Again, we'd like to thank you. Now, here's something we like to do at the end of each show. We're going to do a little trivia. 
has graciously gotten some trivia from the intertubes, and she'd like to see if she can stump me. Amy? So I heard it from a little birdie that you are a fan of The Breakfast Club. That birdie would be correct. I am rather smitten with anything John Waters. So here's a trivia question that I believe I'm going to be able to stump you with. And I heard that you are a huge fan of The Breakfast Club. So it was a challenge for me to find a question that I can stump you with. Uh, But here goes. All right. What was the first word uttered by Allison, the basket case in the movie, The Breakfast Club? Oh, it's been a while since I've seen it. Um, I know there were swizzle sticks involved. Uh, (laughs) Was it tequila? Nope. Did I get you? Rum? No. Oh, vodka. Yep, that's it. Aha. You got me on this one because I I said tequila just because I'm a tequila gal. (laughs) Let's state the obvious here. I am not a gal. (laughs) <laughs> but no, I, I like tequila. Tequila is good. Tequila. Tequila, yes. That's another whole show I could tell you stories. Oh, well, you know, we'll have to do an alcohol-related show coming up. And drink? And drink. Good, let's yeah, do it. I, I think that's going to be a good thing. All right, well, that is our show for today. Check back on Tuesday for another episode. Adios, everybody. You've been listening to Fantabulous, a proud member of the Rogantel podcast family. Head over to fadtabulous.com to subscribe and interact, and head over to rogintel.com slash Amazon to support our network every time you shop.